1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big weekend across Scottish football. It's as you were at the top as Celtic finally get a win at Livingston. Rangers had briefly gone level on points after what could be an important late winner against Aberdeen. And Ross County continue their charge up the league whilst the struggles continue for others. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. Yeah, Rangers huffed and puffed for a while on Saturday before Kmart blew the roof off Ibrox and anniversary weekend and then yesterday you have to hand it to Celtic whether it's Jack Fitzwater's hand Tony Alston's hand Tom Rogic's hand or the hand played by Nick Walsh quite the weekend See, this is what you're in the presence of tonight This is a, a, this is a, a tabloid man at the top of his game uh, and another... Interesting weekend for you. You, you yeah. were the only Hearts player not to go off injured, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I like to say, Roger, it was a great start to the show. I really enjoyed that there. But yeah, probably the strangest <laughs> game of football. Like he meant that <laughs> as well. Probably the, the strangest game of football I've ever watched and then been a part of. Uh, five injuries all at separate times, four subs before the 45th minute. Dundee United even chipping in with a, a couple of injuries going off as well. But no, at the bigger picture, seven points for over the three games of the, of the week. So it's uh, it was a good week for ourselves. And overall, it was another interesting weekend, wasn't it? You'll have missed it. You were a bit busy on Saturday afternoon. We officially declared at the business end of the season. We yep. decide. We don't wait for this. We've decided with what we now eight games to go. That's it. As it's got to be. This is the running. Yeah, definitely. And I, I suppose it was business as usual. I sat here last Monday after a, a weekend where both old, uh, firm teams dropped points for the first time in a, in a long time together. So business as usual, and like he says, in a in a very very tight title race. It's there's no slip ups that that either team can afford. So. Yeah, back to business as usual Come on then 01419511025 Put your points across To Roger Hanna And or Andy Halliday Let them know what is on your mind After another busy weekend Starting yesterday Celtic fans Did you ever think you would see the day? It seemed like that Winless run at Livy Would go on forever But you've got the three points there How important do you think That result could be then? I know loads of you Will have had this one circled As a, a potential banana skin A day that you maybe Would drop points You got all three how important do you think that could be uh, come the end of the season? What did you make of the match itself? There were a few talking points, in case you hadn't noticed. David Martindale uh, was particularly unhappy at some of the refereeing decisions. If you share his frustration or if you want to argue against it, pick up that phone 0141 951 1025. Rangers fans, a roller coaster for you. So much negativity up until 10 minutes or so to go. Then things all changed. How important could that Kamar Roof goal be? Come the end of the season Did that feel like a big afternoon Or are there concerns about performance levels or, or anything like that Pick up the phone please And let us know And anything else we've missed Right now is the time to call 0141 Roger Hanna What was your result of the weekend? Well the result of the weekend I was tempted Gordon to go for a United 4-0 at Wraith In the Gordon DL derby But I think you have to go with Celtic 2007 The last time Celtic had won At the Tony Macaroni It wasn't even called the Tony Macaroni then So far away That Derek Ryden scored two goals that day So I think going there Winning 3-1 Going back to three points Clear at the top of the table Celtic's win for me Andy? I've got to go Ross County The team you mentioned at the top of the, the, top of the show Three wins in the spin and the first time they've reached top six all season So it's been a massive push for, for Malky McKay and his men The longest winning run in the Premiership now yeah. Three wins in it on the spin Because Celtic and Rangers both trust points recently 
Right then, goal of the weekend What are the connoisseurs' choices this weekend? What are we going for? Well, I'm, I'm probably far enough away from Andy Halliday that I can say this But uh, Liam Smith for Dundee United 13 seconds mm. into the second half of that That terrific draw, the 2-2 draw that Andy was speaking about at Tannadice Okay, Dis- disgrace wasn't even the best goal of the game <laughs> Because it has to be Liam Boyce for me Every week 1-0 inside a minute Started from a a long throw from Craig Gordon A couple Mm. of passes later Boyce has been slid through And from his weaker left foot Yeah what a strike for a tight angle Quite similar to James Forrest's finish With the weaker Not as impressive Left foot That's similar I'll I'll leave that up to you I don't don't decide (laughs) What was the official time on that again? 50 54 seconds I believe Is that right? Didn't Didn't hang about I like how Dundee United also had the chance to attack before that yeah, just And before. then your, your goalkeeper With a bit of quick thinking Up the pitch Okay And um, do, we, do we think Producer Callum Saw either of the goals Or was he still in hospitality In those first minutes Of the first and second half Who knows Who knows He's not even here tonight So he's probably Too busy with his nose In a champagne glass he's I heard. had a very uh, busy weekend I think Right This is where it gets More interesting Howler of the weekend Is it a referee A striker A goalie A team collective effort Who's getting it um, Well We'll sit here running For I think A few of the phone calls We'll get between now And 8 o'clock But Probably Nick Walsh for the corner at Celtic's first goal David Martindale was honest You still need to defend the corner better than Livingston did But if the referee gets the decision right in the first place There's nothing to argue about This is when you know you're in a title race, Andy Halliday When wrongly awarded corners are getting the howler of the It used to be sendings off or penalties We're we're drilling down to the detail here Understandable when you've got your first proper title race in over wow. a decade. So every 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 little decision counts. But well, for he, me, if you get any, he's, op- a, he's a changed man. Though. He used to be the calm voice of reason, level headed. Now he's dishing out corners it. as a result of the howler of the weekend. I love it. I love your style, Roger. Well, Andy. you would love my style. Oh, so Rogers missed an opportunity to take any dig possible at Gordon Duncan. Oh, so it's Motherwell winless this year. Opportunity to make a big push for top six against a depleted, struggling Dundee oh, side. Tell so, me about it. I've got to get one over on yeah, you and, and say it's Motherwell By the way, a bit of anger and frustration from the Motherwell fans on the open line on Saturday So feel yeah. free to, to keep those calls coming in 01419511025 And it's Twitter, at Clyde SSB If you fancy getting your kindest regards over there I know you're always full of praise, the lot of you, for Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna So send it over there, let's hear from Ange Postacoglu Celtic fans, how important was it to finally win at Livy? What about the talking points throughout the game? Let's hear it Ange Postacoglu says Celtic didn't let Livy get a moment's rest He thinks they defended well And were patient at the right times Yeah, the result's excellent Because we know you know, Historically it's a difficult place to, to get For us to get a win um, So that's important But I just thought uh, You know, the manner in which um, We played And the way we We kind of um, Stuck to our principles Didn't let sort of the pitch Or the opposition um, You know Push us away from what the football we wanted to play. I thought the players were outstanding. We've spoken about it a lot that you know we 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 need to be the ones that generates tempo. Sometimes it's hard when opposition sit deep, but you know, as good as we were with the ball, I thought we were outstanding without the ball. You know, we just we hunted in packs, we won the ball, we didn't give them a moment's rest. They're a big side, so you know if you if you allow them to launch balls into our box, you know that gives them yeah you know, some threat. So um, yeah, I thought our defensive work was excellent, and then. Our football when we had the ball was good We were patient when we needed to be But we also You know we hurt them When we needed to as well Ross is in Drumchapel To kick things off What did you make of it yesterday Ross? I thought we were Brown yesterday To get a win Against Livingston Finally On their home patch That felt good as well But I think The two fun games Will be the games That decide it The two fun games That are remaining Yeah I've seen that School of thought Roger Let's start with Specifically yesterday As Ross says This has to be A, a credit to Livingston 
but the fact that we're even talking about it being a you know, result of the weekend or you know well done Celtic for eventually getting a, a win at Livy just shows you how good Livy have been how well they've done to make it difficult because we should be under no illusions about budgets and all the rest of it Celtic and Rangers and the big team should, should be able to go there and, and win like they did yesterday but Livy yeah. have been great recently you have to remember though up until yesterday Celtic hadn't scored a goal against Livingston this season far less beating them the lost to the Andy Shinney goal early in the season then nil nil when Giacomacchus had his penalty saved in injury time So going there They're bound to have been A little bit of nervous tension Among the Celtic group You would have thought uh, Livingston in good form as well You know they're, they're pushing for Europe Gordon So there, there were no gimmies Yesterday at the Tony Macaroni They had to go They had to earn it And they did that Andy if, again It is credit to Livy That somehow you approach a fixture like this And I'm not sure of the number But a lot of people Perhaps not thinking that Celtic would would go and get all three points. What did you make of it? Yeah, I, I do. I always feel though any team outside the old firm, especially Livingston, if they got any opportunity to win these type of games, they need to catch Celtic on an off day or maybe get a rub of the of the green by refereeing decisions. I don't think they go either because I think Celtic approached it as a big game and uh, started the game excellently. I think it's the first half performance is almost sort of typifies Ange Postecoglou's Celtic side tempo, intensity, out of possession, in possession, and uh, managed to get a comfortable. Uh, a comfortable lead in the end So yeah Livingston have been on a great run Especially against Celtic But I just thought Celtic Were a bit too good in the day Yeah Roger Was it a much improved Celtic Performance at, at Livy and, and, and maybe not even Against Livy But maybe in the context Of the last few Games as well Yeah they, they did what they needed to do And Postacoglu said that After the game They've gone Interesting Andy was just mentioning All fair You know you, you go back To that starting line up And a lot of the players you know, experienced guys, guys who were there before, Postacog, you look at the midfield, Beaton was back in with McGregor and Rogic, uh, James Forrest added back into the side. So, be interesting to see how the, he rotates the team. You know, Noah Bada yesterday was on the bench, Giacu Marcus on the bench, mm-hmm. O'Reilly on the bench, Hatati on the bench. Did these guys come back in or was he sufficiently impressed by the performance that this is now going to be the team going forward? Ross, when you say it will all be decided by the two old firm games, do you not, you don't think points will be dropped elsewhere or... Just a few um, points How do you think It's going to play out I think We would need to Win our games Up to the old front And Rangers Would need to win All our games Up to the old front um, To Make it like that But I've never seen The league This close Since I don't know 2011 It's a fair point Roger We're going back It's a decade At least it has to be Yeah the without doubt. Andy, We've only got Andy Eight said games to go so, Yeah it's very very close You look Eight games to go Two of which will be derbies So there only are Six other opportunities For the sides to To drop points If you know what I mean So it's going to be Ross could be right I think these two games First of all at Ibrox Then back at Celtic Park After the split They will decide The destination of this title I'll probably ask the same question When it gets to talking About the Rangers game Andy But do, Does a result like yesterday For Celtic Feel like a big one In the context of the title race because so many people would have been looking at it as yeah. a, a potential drop point. Yeah, I, I think especially for Rangers fans and Rangers players, they'll probably be looking at Celtic fixtures pre-split and think where are Celtic's opportunity to drop points leading up to that Old Firm game. And, and you know, history shows that Livingston's been that sort of bogey team for Celtic. But like I said, I do feel as if Celtic approached that game like a big game. It was like they approached the game knowing how poor their record's been against Livingston and try to guard against that complacency again. So we all know that if Celtic turn up to, to anywhere near their best against these sides... They're probably going to come out on top And I think that was typified For how they, they started the game Especially in the first half Let's bring in Stevie Who's a Celtic fan Thank you Ross How did you feel about yesterday Stevie? Did, did it feel like an important one? 
Well, I, every, everything's important now. You know, the, the clock's ticking. First of all, uh, Roger, to have a near penalty, top class. Top class. <laughs> I'm not sure producer Chris agrees with you, Stevie. Yeah, don't make Stevie. Don't make me relive that, honestly. Oh, Stevie gone. Can you hear us, Stevie? I think producer Chris has cut Stevie <laughs> off. Yeah, oh, we've got you. We've got you. There we go. Enough, enough of your troublemaking, Roger Hanna. Carry on, Stevie. Uh, it, it had every man he used in his pocket. It was fabulous. Uh, anyway, brightened up my day. We could we laugh? Anyway, uh, to the football. Right, so obviously tonight you're going to be inundated with calls from Rangers fans about the refereeing decisions from yesterday, which I will freely, freely admit were wrong, uh, especially the corner. Not sure about Rogers, but even saying that the Rangers were hard done by or Livingston were hard done by the decisions. My point is this. These decisions happen over the course of a season. For every example you give me that Celtic get the benefit, I could probably give you another one, but they didn't get the benefit, even if you managed to start with a bad as disallowed goal in the first game of the season. What my point is is this. Halliday should have been sent off that night as well, shouldn't he, Stevie? Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> Red Cardo and McGregor. Definitely. I just knew that was coming next. Sorry, carry on. But I wasn't going to say that, but, but my point is this. The Rangers fans who are uh, angry tonight have got to realise something, and it's this. Rangers are in second place and not first place because they took three points from a possible 12 away from home. Lost a last-minute goal to Ross County. Drew by Aberdeen, get beat within the United. Got absolutely horsed at Celtic Park and not if it too fine a point on it. Blew a two-goal lead at home against Motherwell. It's the consistency of performance that Rangers have not shown as an opposite to Celtic's consistent performance over the last 20 games and that's why we have a title race maybe a small part for refereeing decisions but the real issue is what I'm saying maybe so Stevie's the first one to bring it up we may be inundated with Rangers fans but Stevie's got in there first I don't know Roger was it another I feel like it's always a controversial weekend because even if it's not we'll make it out to be one anyway so you never, you never truly you, you, you kind of lose sense of how bad the decisions are because we always talk about them anyway. And, and listen, I'm sure Jim Goodwin will be listening to the show up there in Aberdeen. Yep. And he'll be shouting that the Rangers goal shouldn't have counted because he felt there was a shove in Calvin Ramsey in the build up before Kemar Roof scored the goal. Which I'm sure so we'll get to. We probably will get to it. So the, these are the fine lines, these are the moments of controversy. And with eight Premiership games to go for the two of them this season, I don't think this will be the last mm. we're discussing things like this, Gordon. Now that you've left Rangers Andy you, you would admit that it's the big two That get all the decisions anyway And it's the wee teams that don't <laughs> get them surely uh, No I, listen I actually agree with Stevie's first points I do think it, it does swing in roundabouts and, and like you says I'm part of a heart side Who feel as if we've had a lot of decisions Go against our way over the last few weeks And I wouldn't bore you by listing them Because I know there's quite a few on, that's on my us, mind Give us a couple Well I'll, I'll, straight just away just I'll give you a penalty can. last week There you go And then we can, we can move on yeah, for that because, But just as we said Thankfully we're big Craig Gordon making the save So I do agree with Stevie uh, You know in terms of You mentioned Rangers consistency in performances I've actually found recently that You know Rangers have actually dropped points in games Where they've played well uh, We'll probably go into the Rangers game next Where you know Aberdeen was probably that one occasion where they didn't play so well and and they couldn't be too disappointed if they if they dropped points because the performance was flat. But uh, you talked about the let's say the the heightened amount of calls we're going to get about from now until the end of the season about decisions because like I said it's the first meaningful title race for a long long period of time and all of these decisions are going to be scrutinised. And you notice they're now giving penalties against John Souter and he hasn't even arrived at Rangers yet, Gordon. I hadn't even thought about that mm. even No idea how high this goes mm. um, What about the actual performance And 
the victory yesterday, Stevie? What stood out for you? Well, I, I was I was thinking it would be a draw, you know, given the recent you know uh, struggles we've had there in that pitch and everything. I'm actually quite pleased that Hamilton come on in the league, by the way, because that's two plastic pitches gone. And uh, so, but I thought this is like every Celtic fan. I thought we could drop points here. So absolutely thrilled because that is apart from going to Ibrox, I think that's the hardest away game. Yeah, I can see why you think that certainly uh, And it was three points yesterday Thank you to Stevie If like Stevie You've got those decisions on your mind Now would be a good time to share them 0141-951-1025 Pick up the phone right now And we'll speak to you after I run this past you Clyde One Super Scoreboard Golden Goals Now remember we started this competition back in January with £1,000 And since then Every time Celtic and Rangers have scored We've added at least £250 into the cash jackpot So after Celtic's three yesterday One from Rangers on Saturday We're now sitting at £16,750 Bear in mind That's only going to go one way Because they're going to play in the cup this weekend Back to league business Rangers in Europe So it's going to be flying They both play Scottish Cup quarter finals In a few days time as well So every goal Means more cash to give away One person wins the lot Tax free So you'll get every single penny And if you want to win You have to enter Oh one. Uh, Text GOAL, sorry, to 61025 That's GOAL to 61025 G-O-A-L It's £2 to text Plus your standard message rate Over 18s only And the full terms and online entry Are at Clyde1.com Lines close Saturday 21st of May Which is Scottish Cup final day At 6pm So if you fancy a bit of that And quite frankly, why wouldn't you Text GOAL to 61025 right now And we'll take your calls next you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here. It's 0141-951-1025 on the phones and it's at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Let's bring in Jim, who's a Rangers fan, and find out what is on his mind tonight, Jim. Thank God we don't have to play Aberdeen again. What's up with Aberdeen? They only play against us. My point, I, I was on about a couple of weeks ago and said Aberdeen only raised their game against Rangers. Mm. And they did. Again. And do you, they, I mean, do you think it's specifically Rangers or is it just you know the opportunity to have a kind of backs-to-the-wall you know, defensive performance and just try and grind it out? Is that maybe just suiting them at the moment? It, it was a backs-to-the-wall grind it out because they had two shots. We had 20 shots. That, that explains everything And the, the gap should only be down to one point As your previous caller said The first two Celtic goals should have been Not goals Yeah I mean A couple of different let, Let's start Well let's start there Let's get right into those decisions Because the, the previous caller said You're going to get calls about the decisions and Which we haven't yet And, and now Jim brings them up So um, should the gap be a point tonight Roger Is that the way it works um, I think that's a bit simplistic To be honest with you David Martindale said after the game Celtic were the better team Celtic probably deserved to win the game They, they were 3 nothing up If you you know remember Gordon Regardless of the results So they've gone and they've won Aberdeen Aberdeen are a real enigma to me um, At the start of the season I thought they would do well I thought they had signed well And it has been an unmitigated disaster of a season They are 10th in the league Jim Goodwin really has Got his work cut out And whether or not They raise their game To play Rangers They're going to start needing To raise their game To play other teams Before this season Completely spinals Out of control for them Now if only there was A current player in the league Who comes on this show And kept banging on About how Aberdeen Would be okay Here we are He's mm-hmm. raised his head yep. From the other side of the desk yep. Did they only raise their game Against Rangers? 
I've said that a couple of times this season that you know, based off the first couple of outings we had against them, I always felt as if they were the side that gave us the most problems outside the old forum. Uh, results certainly haven't showed that, and that's the reason why Stephen Glass was relieved of his duties and Jim Goodman was appointed. And it's not been a great start for him. Uh, you know, I always fancied throughout the season they would finish top six. I do agree that they they, they do raise raise their game against Rangers and Celtic, but I probably I'd probably argue it probably most teams do because even. You know, when you find if somebody gets a short result against the old firm, sometimes the result in the next week and their performance levels aren't quite the same. But um, you know, off the off a uh, Jim's points, you know, regarding Celtic's two decisions, yep, wrong decisions, um, off face value. But I think that Celtic's intensity and desire to to go and win the game would be a bit different if it was one each going into the last ten minutes than it was when they were three one up. Like I said, let's let's try and analyse them the best we can, Roger. I'm not sure the first one needs any. No, Nick Walsh has got it wrong. It comes. Has got it wrong in Yeah, he's got it wrong. I mean, you keep what we now keep hearing after a bad decision is, I mean, if VAR was here, it would have been a different story. VAR wouldn't actually change that, would it? Because VAR doesn't rule out corner kicks. No. So they wouldn't have gone back to before the award of the corner no. kick. So, you know, even when we get VAR, you're still going to have to put up with every now and then shock horror. A referee thinks it's a corner when it's a goal kick, or he thinks it's a goal kick when it's a corner. That that that's just part and parcel, is it? And the, the VAR debate is interesting because the costs of VAR have gone up um, to the extent that the clubs aren't exactly ready to embrace it yet. Mm. I'm not convinced. You know, despite all the discussions that have been taking place, I'm still not convinced there's enough of an appetite. Among the top 12 clubs To get this in You can certainly tell Gordon you, you were there last week At Hamden Seeing some of the referees Don Robertson John Beaton Crawford Allen The head of refs The officials want it I'm not convinced The clubs want it yet I mean Jim Goodwin Felt that Rangers goal Should have been chopped off Jim I take it you're not buying that Why should it have been chopped off I think he felt There was a push on Calvin Ramsey If memory serves me right I, I, I debate that I hope you do That's what we're here for Some folk are saying That he was offside No he's not offside No he's not offside I thought it was a good goal Gordon I didn't think Aberdeen Young Ramsey Needs to be stronger In that You know Competition inside his own Again this 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 kind of goes back To what I've said as well We need to As much as this is what This show's for Is debate and all the rest of it It's it's never offside It's not close to offside I I don't think we need to Waste our time on that I was actually amazed That that there was A good two minutes spent Analysing the offside When he was to the naked eye to anyone He was at least two yards And now you're doing it as well See what yeah. I mean It just it snowballs Great get to yeah, the push baffling. But yeah the push Nah no chance It's not a foul for no. me Calvin Ramsey doesn't even ask for a foul I think uh, there was a couple of bodies I think Lewis Felix And somebody else in the middle That mm. sort of pulled for one But nah no chance I think the point I was trying to make Jim I don't necessarily Have any feelings on it Either way But every team sort of At this stage of the season We're hearing it all aren't we Every, every team And I know the title race It's very intense Rangers fans perhaps feel they're getting a, a raw end of the deal at the moment but does every team not just feel like that? It's so close to getting to the top six it's they're going to be everybody's going to be appealing for everything That's that's my point is that really the way it's going to work then you know you said as far as you're concerned the gap should be one point tonight because two of Celtic's goals should have been chopped off and, and, and therefore it would have finished a draw yeah, If they don't get the first one the, the chances are they don't get the second one because as people always say Goals change games yeah, But Jim that you, you come on You would admit that None of us have Any idea whatsoever If you're right on that That's a complete guess You might you might be right But how are we supposed to know that How do you know then If they don't get the first one They don't step up the intensity Because they need the first one Yeah but that, that's 
this programme is based on speculation. Yeah, no, but it's good to try and build a case off the back of it and try and sort of back up the opinions, isn't it? <clears throat> but if, if Celtic don't get the first one, it might not lead to the second one. If you can understand what I'm saying, but oh, I understand that I actually can't argue with that, Roger, because he's, he's bang on it. It might not have that. That would be the key. I've, I've no idea. No, listen, we're, we're dealing in things that we don't know the answer to, Gordon. As it is, let's get back to reality. Celtic won the game three one. They are three points clear at the top, and now we're into a strange situation where I think Rangers now have three games before their next Premiership game. They've got two against Red Star Belgrade in the last sixteen of the Europa League. They're at Dens on Sunday in the Scottish Cup against Dundee Celtic are up in the city of Dundee on Monday night So we're going to have to park all of this for a couple of weeks now No, no chance another competition. <laughs> No chance, come you on think? We know that's not happening <laughs> Oh my goodness, Jim, what about the football itself then? You said you know, you're know happy to see the back of Aberdeen sort of thing Did that feel like a, a big win for Rangers the way it came about under the circumstances? Definitely a big win against Aberdeen because as I say, they always raise their game but if Rangers can take their European form games into the remainder of the season, I think Rangers will be champions. Because nobody's going to stop us. But they have to take that European form that they showed against Dortmund into the next nine games. And therein lies the challenge, Andy. Yeah. Jim makes it sound easy, he's right? Yeah. But it's been brilliant in, in Europe. Yeah, it's all about the consistency levels and... You know, Rangers, some of the, the points they've dropped in, in recent weeks, the Motherwell game, Dundee United, Ross County for the last parts of that game, though, uh, they, they played really, really well. But, you know, that Aberdeen performance for me at the weekend was flat, particularly the first half. And I think Jim referenced it in his, his initial point, 20 shots to, to, uh, to two of Aberdeen's, but only two of the 20 shots were on target, so certainly didn't trouble Joe Lewis enough. And uh, that's where I think you've got to give Giovanni Van Bronckhorst a lot of credit, because he made a brave, brave sub with, with 15 minutes ago, uh, to go to bring off Kamar Roof against... Uh, instead of Alfredo Morello, sorry, and it, it paid dividends by Kamar Roof coming up with a, another big goal. Obviously, we make the decisions. Sometimes uh, it's uh, harder than uh, than um, than uh, than other games, and uh, you have to see what's uh, what's happening on the pitch and uh, judge your uh, substitution with the feeling you have. And uh, that's what I did. You know, I brought energy with. Uh, with Scott, Scott Arfield, with uh, Lundstrom, I think uh, we, we put in Balogun to, uh, to get more uh, dynamic on the left with, with Bessie as well. Yeah, Roger, that has been quite a week for, for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. He managerial masterstroke making the changes against Borussia Dortmund. Then it's managerial madness not making the changes or not making enough changes against Motherwell and not making any then in the midweek game at St. Johnson. And now it's back to, to praising the changes because when that board went up, the decision to take off Alfredo Morelos, it was booed by by the home support. So at that point, it then has to work. This phone-in tonight takes on a very different mood towards Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and his changes if, if Kamal Roof doesn't bundle the ball into the well, back of the net. You were saying at the top of the show how we are super-analysing every decision that a referee makes. We're now super-analysing every substitution that's made or is not made by old firm managers now um, I think I was surprised At the lack of substitutions In those two league games That you spoke about The St Johnson game And the Motherwell game Simply because We're so conditioned now Gordon into You know Managers using three Or four or five Or in Robbie Nielsen's case At the weekend Six substitutes So it was unusual That he didn't make Many changes But I think When he got to that 75 minute mark On Saturday 
Morelos, who has been terrific of late, was just having one of those days, and I think he felt he had no option mm. but to, to roll the dice, throw in Kamar Roof. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Fortunately for him on Saturday, it did. Because you'll have heard it before, Andy. I don't care how bad Morelos is playing, or, or players like that. Mm-hmm. You keep your main threat on, they're the guys to get you a goal. The negativity surrounding the place at that point, again, as Roger says, yeah, that's because of where we are in the season, isn't it? I'm probably not ashamed to admit that I probably fall under that bracket where if if, if you're needing a goal, I'd, I've never been a fan of, of taking off either your best player or your, or your best finisher, your top goal scorer, whatever it may be. So I was a bit surprised myself to see Alfredo Morelos' na- uh, number go up on the board with, with 15 minutes to go. But you know, you've got to say, Kamar Ruff, he's not played a lot of games recently, but you look over his, uh, his, his nearly two-year period at the club, he's came up with big goals in the past and uh, you know it wasn't a, a brilliant goal by any means, a, a brilliant finish, it was just a, a typical mm. striker's goal and being at the right place at the right time and, and you've got to say that that goal was is, is absolutely massive for Rangers. Yeah, Jim, is it because of the stage of the season, does the performance level matter? Does the performance on Saturday concern you in any way or is it just about those three points and a big three points and you move on? It's all about three points now. And the came out roof had a chance to score against Motherwell and and missed missed kicked it. He he connects with that. That's three two against Motherwell. Same one of Morelis's goals is debatably on site that was given offside. But you get some, and you don't get some. Yeah, I mean, Roger, we're now definitely. I'm, I'm almost excited. I don't want the season to end yet, of course, but we're only a couple of weeks away from. People phoning the show to say See that late winner against Aberdeen That's what won us the title With Rangers gone and win it Or Celtic fans say See that day that That we both dropped points And Rangers missed the opportunity That that was the day that won us the title yeah. Or, or the, the victory at Livingston These are the types of conversations people, We'll be having People soon. look back I mean Kamal Roof scored An even later goal I think Just before Christmas At Easter Road From the penalty spot To, to win a game Leela Bada, the late goal for Celtic against Indian United at Parkhead. Tony Ralston, the late winner in Dingwall. So moments like that in the final analysis, people will look back on and say, that was hugely significant, that was really important, that was the day. But there'll be more twists and turns to come, Gordon. And as, as one of the callers, I think it was Stevie, say, said earlier on, the two old firm games, they will be vital. Mm. I'd, Andy, I can't really argue with Jim's take, you know, as three points obviously is the most important thing. Just to make the Rangers fans To take a little edge off the tension at the moment Does Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Could he be doing with a really convincing performance uh, You know a real swagger again domestically It just feels like At the weekend The, the Rangers fans who phoned in They were almost Boiling up with the negativity And they're good right We got yeah. we, we got. I think We've seen flashes of it You know the, the, the week before against Motherwell I thought for the first half Was as, was as good That's as true, the Rangers yeah. Have been Just for a long chances. time Domestically Even Dundee United In the second half Was sort of waves of attack For 45 minutes But I'm more swaying Towards Jim's point That at this stage of the season Three points is all that matters And and, and, and honestly That's all Rangers can control When you're three points Behind at the top of the, uh, the table With two games to go Before a, a potential title Decide no firm clash then all you can control is the three points that come on a Saturday. Thank you, Jim. Now is the perfect time to call. If you're agreeing or disagreeing with what you're hearing or you want to change the topic completely, 01419511025 and we'll speak to you next. 01419511025 This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here. It's 01419511025 and you can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB It's Monday night Everybody played over the weekend So it must be 
something on your mind um, Pick it up the phone, let us know It's good to hear from as many of you as possible Brian's a Celtic fan on the line What are you taking away from the weekend, Brian? Um, yeah it was what it was a, it, not so much the result, but the, more than the performance. I was thinking that we, we needed in the last few weeks. I think the the performances, as everyone knows, in the last four or five games, haven't been up to scratch or championship winning performances and all of that. But I thought one based on the previous history, obviously in in Livingston, but two, um, everyone seemed up for it yesterday. Uh, even what, what kind of brought it home to me was the. The guys coming on when the substitutes come on, Abada, Hatati, Diamakis, they just ran on the park like, and you could just see in their body language and everything that they they were up for it. So, I think that's what we needed. Um, I think the way Rangers have been playing, kind of not far off the kind of performance Celtic have been having, because I know your man there who was going on about what was his name, Jim, whatever speculate your programs, all about speculation. He's going on about how they had twenty chances, but. You know, I've been going to the games for the last few weeks and we've had 29 chances and 32 chances and only one by the one goal or two goals. That's what happens at this time of the season. But I suppose the bottom line, what I'm saying is, I think um, I think this is it. You know, I think that was a turning point and, I, and I'm just so confident about Celtic now. There's, you know, a good bench. Um, and, I, and again I'll reiterate what I've just said For the last time Yeah I mean to be fair Roger I think many people would probably recognise that yesterday Just because you get the result that you've not got previously It doesn't necessarily mean that was Celtic's best performance at Livy But but it, it was It would have been I think in the eyes of most Celtic fans Who've watched time and time again going there And just not get not get going until yesterday Yeah and it ticks off Another game There are only eight left They are in pole position They've got a three point lead They've got a superior goal difference By something like 11 goals I think Gordon So they're in a good place um, And if they can keep the results going They'll be in an even better place They've got a cup game at Tannadice Next Monday night um, It'll be interesting to see If they can get Kyogo Back into the team anytime soon Whether David Turnbull Gets added in anytime soon as well But Ange Postacoglu Yesterday after the game Cut a very satisfied figure. I don't. Brian's got his, his own theory. He again, similar to the last caller, he may be right. I don't know. It's difficult to tell whether the way the subs ran onto the pitch was any indication, Andy, or not. If, if you buy into those things, but there was a, there was some sort of difference, surely, in Celtic yesterday compared to, like we said, those other visits. Yeah, I think even the, the week previous, uh, uh, the couple of weeks previous, sorry, the the Hibs game at Easter Road, it didn't really typify a, an Ange Postecoglou Celtic side that was flat. The, the intensity, of the tempo wasn't quite the same. Certainly different yesterday, and I, you know, I think what I would say is, you know, post January when. Uh, Ange Postecoglou has brought in some reinforcements I think it's important for Celtic's key players and, and match winners to be in form going in from now to the end of the season I think you know, Daisa Maeda, James Forrest you know, Daisa Maeda not quite made the, the desired impact so far James Forrest obviously struggled to, with, with injuries throughout the season so I think it was important for them to get in the goals of, uh, at the weekend and for me Jota as well I thought Jota was, was, uh, was back to his best in the first half Well I've got you on the line Brian let's get the thoughts of David Martindale uh, He was... Pretty frustrated yesterday at certain elements uh, of it. He admits, obviously, Celtic 
Did enough to win the match But he felt a couple of refereeing decisions went against his team Don't think we deserved a lot more from the game to be honest But I think two big decisions went against us It led to two goals That's a disappointing aspect Yeah, we've got to defend our area a wee bit better I think for the first one it was a blatant bye kick Bobby was the fourth And the linesmen were saying they're telling Nick It was a bye kick But the corner goes against you But you still got to defend the corner a lot better than what we did Second goal, it's a handball with Rodgers in the middle of the park And Nick's there standing watching it And we don't really get that But again we've still got to defend the area a wee bit better than what we did I don't think the decisions changed the result but they changed the dynamics of the game then they scored the third probably well worked but I need to look at it back to be honest because I think don't know if Max should be getting beat for there when James Forrest on his left foot it's 3-0 and then we managed to get a wee a goal back and then it gives you a wee bit of light at the end of the tunnel but on reflection I think Celtic were very good I thought on and off the ball their transitions were they were very good I thought that was more like the Celtic we've seen of at the start of the season. I thought they came here and they had a point to prove, and I think they proved that point. Brian, did you get away with one or two of the goals yesterday? Um, again, you know, as a Motherwell fan, that these things happen all the time to small teams. Not, you know, like he just said there, you're picking, you're picking. He said that Celtic were very good, back mm-hmm. to the way Celtic were. He also said we could have defended better. And I mean, like these things, these decisions happen in every single. I mean, Chris, my, my best pal's a St. Johnston fan. You should hear him talking about the decisions. That's the standard of refereeing. Every team gets it. I mean, Rangers have had more penalties than any other team in Scottish leagues. I don't think so. Is it not your Hearts team? Hearts, top yeah, of the league. Hearts, it's not Hearts, not Rangers, Brian. I apologise. Second, then sorry, and uh, well, definitely the least sending offs in any top top class team. If every fan wants to look at the refereeing decisions, we could we could talk about it for days because the referees, unfortunately, are not professionals and they're, they're not full-time and have not got VAR and all the other things that go with it. Every single team could say the same thing. And in regards to yesterday, I don't know what the possession was. I'm guessing, based on my memory, yes, it was about 72 or 73% Celtic. Um I don't the corners. I just remember us having corner after corner after corner. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. You, I know that's your program, and you have to talk about decisions all the time. But Celtic haven't had any more decisions go for them than the teams I've just mentioned there. And uh, obviously, Andy's team Hearts have had more penalties than Rangers. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean Roger, th- th- this is the nature of it. This is obviously what makes football in Glasgow turn round because half of the the city are absolutely bawling at the radio Saying I can't believe Brian just says That Celtic haven't had any more than anyone else But of course the Celtic fans back Brian on that And, and round and round we go So he's yeah. right on on that um, There isn't much debate to be had about the corner We admitted that um, earlier I don't really know what else we say It's not it's, it's clearly not a corner But we also yeah. acknowledge that VAR wouldn't have changed it anyway Because it doesn't yeah. go back you to You heard David Martindale he, he is very honest in his post-match remarks He... Felt his team should have defended the corner mm. better before Dyson Maida scored the goal. He felt Celtic were very good, both with and without the ball, deserved to win. But I think those couple of decisions did rankle with him. Mm. What about the handball then? Because again, you know, we if you want to, it can be presented as fact. Everyone said, oh, but Tom Rogic, handball, shouldn't have stood. Was, was it definitely a handball? I mean, Nick Walsh, as David Martindale says, does have a great view of it. It certainly hits his arm. But given everything that we do, we go round and round on it with... Where the hand is And is it making it bigger And you know Where is the opposition player What causes it to hit your hand 
I think it falls into the if category of... If you're the ref, of, would you have pulled that back for a free kick? It falls into the category of, of seeing them given, Gordon. Um, Which would also mean seeing them not given. Yeah, and yeah. And then you're on the fence. I thought, it, I thought it was a handball. But there's an awful lot of work to be done by the two teams between the ball striking Tom Rogic in the arm and the goal going in. Andy, if you are Tom Rogic and the ref... Pulls that back for handball Are you furious? Or understanding? Don't want to be sitting on the fence But if, you know, I tend to agree with Roger on, on that one I do feel as if it's you know, it's a bit on the soft side I don't think there was much intent there But to be honest I've said it multiple times the show. I don't even know what is handball these days I really don't I mean we've not even mentioned the penalty yet Well Livingston will, will certainly feel as if justice was done on that to, uh, In that sense And, and for me as, a, as, as still a current player I, I really really hope the governing bodies Have a look at the handball rule from uh, from the end of the season going into next season because I feel as if it's almost every week now that we're seeing penalties being given for handball and you know little to no intent in almost every single every single aspect mm. of it and the worst part for it for me was the fact that Jack Fitzwater uh, sorry Jack Fitzwater got booked for it I mean it's just it was incredible yeah I mean to be fair I understand why they try and take intent out of it because how do you how are you ever really going to know if someone means to handle it or not? You know, without getting getting in their head. So they try and do outcome rather than yeah intent. Which is why I, I, I feel as if the most important thing is that they have to look at it again because you know level intent is are you deliberately making your body bigger? There's so many facets. I think you mentioned one as well. If it's your supporting hand when you're sliding, but for me, I think there's just been too many contentious handball decisions going the last few weeks. What did you make of the penalty, Roger? Um, I actually thought it was a penalty His, his really? hand is extended The ball strikes The hand that's extended And it diverts the ball in a different direction So I could actually see why that was given Not nearly as controversial as the one Aberdeen got at Tynecastle last week Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, Like you say, it certainly does hit his arm But people, fans would ask, players would ask him What else is he meant to do? Is that Does that not come into it for you? Um, well, what he's meant to do is don't allow the ball to hit his arm. How uh, is he going to manage that? It can be very difficult. I'll, I'll give you that. But I could see that you know we've been giving it tight to Nick Walsh for the Tony Nelson handball, the Tom Rogish handball. Uh, David Martindale mentioned he even went against the advice of his fourth official and linesman. Do you think that's strange? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do actually. But um, I think, I think, I'd, personally, I think he called the penalty right. Uh, yeah, I mean. On we go Don't think we'll ever agree On any of these things Thank you to Brian and Broomhill 01419511025 I think it's time already For us to do this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Come on then Beat the pundit time 01419511025 And uh, see if you can Tell you what You're in the, the company of royalty tonight Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna What a formidable duo But I still think they can be uh, knock down a peg or two 01419511025 And you need to get your call in Before 7 o'clock Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here It's 01419511025 Lots happening over the weekend Big results some Good performances Bad performances Controversial decisions as always So pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind You can tweet as well But of course we'd rather uh, You picked up the phone And we can talk it out So we'll get to more of your calls After we do this 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Now wait to tell DL about this tomorrow. He will be trying like a bear to get some freebies on this because all this week on Beat the Pundit, we've got tickets to give away for Bunkered Live at the SEC from the 18th to the 20th of March. I don't know if anyone's been along to the Scottish Golf Show in the past. I think this is essentially the same thing, a similar thing, bunkered in charge these days. Uh, and it's, it really is. It's a, it's a great day out for any golf fans there. And even if you're not, it might turn you into one. Driving ranges, challenges, all the, the big brands are there, TaylorMade, Callaway, Cobra, etc. And loads of early season golf offers as well. So just by getting on to play Beat the Pundit, you don't even need to get any questions right after that. Just for getting on, you and three others um, can head along to Bunker Live. Under 16s go for free as well. So you can take the family. So there we are, Alistair. In Aberdeenshire It would be a long way to go for you Granted But you've won the tickets anyway Alistair? Yes I've not put you off have I? There we go He's Yeah no no Sorry thank you very much Good man Good to have Listen you can make the trip down You and the family You and your friends I'm sure you'll have a good day out Anyway tickets are available By the way at BunkeredLive.com So Alistair Have you ever played Beat the Pundit before? This is my first time But I listen to your show Every night Lovely so, um, do, do you generally do quite well When you're playing along? If I'm being honest, I do. But Good. I'm pretty sure I will crumble tonight. Nah, nonsense. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> the only thing I would say, uh, you've not picked the easiest night to call because Roger Hanna's so good. He starts on minus one. And Andy Halliday's heading in that direction. Just not there quite yet. Is that safe? Is that yeah. safe to yeah, say? And, um, yeah, okay. I'm not sure either of them are up for it, by the way. You both look a bit dejected. Heavy weekend, both of you. What's the what's the script? You oh, no, at? no, we're ready to rock. Sure. Oh, yes. Uh, no comment <laughs> <laughs> Okay heads it's Roger Tails It's Andy Halliday And it is heads Roger Hanna Well Halliday punches the air in delights That maybe tells you about his mindset this evening <laughs> um, Alistair So Roger All does start Alistair. on minus one So I'm going to give him some Clyde 2 to listen to So that he can't steal the answers uh, Alistair you've got 30 seconds Just answer as many as you can And if you don't know pass and move on okay Okay. Good man. 30 seconds then, and it starts now. Beat the pun. Oh, that's the wrong button, Alistair. Here we go. 30 seconds. Starts now. Which club did Rangers sign Tory Andre Flo from in 2000? Chelsea. Who are the only club Callum McGregor has played with other than Celtic? Notts County. Name any of the last three players sent off for Scotland men's national team. Uh, pass. Name any scorer for St Mirren in the 2013 League Cup final win. Jim Goodwin. Who won the Scottish Premiership Manager of the Month for February? Ange Postecoglou. Name the last player to score a goal for Hibs. Kevin Nisbet. Okay, let's bring Roger back. Roger, can you hear us? Oh, got you now. Yep. Same set of questions. Thirty Thanks. seconds, shall we? Yep. Which club did Rangers sign Tory Andre Flo from in two thousand? Chelsea. Who are the only club Callum McGregor has played with other than Celtic? Notts County. Name any of the th- last three players sent off for Scotland men's national team. Oh, Tierney. Name any scorer for St Mirren in the 2013 League Cup final win. Eh, Goncalves. Who won the Scottish Premiership Manager of the Month for February? Postecoglou. Name the last player to score a goal for Hibs. Eh, Nisbet. And uh, other than Hamden, name the only stadium to host the Scottish Cup final since 2000. Since 2000, Celtic Park. I didn't think you were going to get time for that, and the clock was carrying on. Alistair, how do you think it went? Uh, I think Roger might have just tipped me, but 
We'll see. Well, we'll see. He starts on minus one, so he's still behind because you knew that Chelsea was the answer to the Tory Andre flow. He stays behind because you also knew that Notts County was the other club Callum McGregor has played for. Mm, would you take a guess, Andy, at the last th- any of the last three sent off for Scotland? Because none of them got it. Uh, I, I wrote Grant Hanley, but I, I, it was a guess. Nah, John Souter, Charlie McGrew, or Robert Snodgrass? Oh, no. I don't remember Robert Snodgrass, is, I must admit. Um, I remember John Souter's. Um, Israel, was it? Yeah, Israel. Come back to me now, yeah. um, Okay, so you're still one in front, Alistair, if we take Roger's handicap into account. Name any scorer for St Mirren in the 2013 League Cup final. You said Jim Goodwin, he was the captain, but the scorers were Connor Newton, Stephen Thompson, and Ismail Goncalves. Roger Hanna, well done. He pulls level. Ange Postacoglu, manager of the month for February, both got that. You both went Kevin Nisbet, and you were both wrong for the last player to score for Hibs. Doyle Hayes. Jake Doyle Hayes. Oh, it two, was. didn't he? Yeah. Screamer as well, one of them. Uh, three nil nils in a row for Hibs. Yeah. It's not ideal. No, it's not ideal when you've got a full Five house. Five to get in at the weekend. Yeah. Full house. <sighs> Most stayed and asked a lot of money, man. Uh, other than Hamden, name the only stadium to host the Scottish Cup final since 2000. It is Celtic Park And it just shows you Alistair The importance of answering quickly Because you were a match for him there But he got the last question in And that means he's pipped you Hard lines No problem I was beaten by the master So no disgrace oh, thank you, Alistair. Well done Alistair I think you could give it a go I think you'll have good fun With DL and Wilson And the likes Anyway pick up the phone Let us know what's on your mind tonight 0141 951 1025 Alistair And his friends or his family Whoever he picks are off to Bunker Live anyway At the SEC from the 18th to the 20th We'll do that all this week So if you're in any doubt about wanting to play Beat the Pundit Pick up the phone And even if it goes terribly As long as you get on air You'll win the tickets You can buy them at BunkerLive.com The the will be down there But he's bound to need a new pair of golf shoes I think he's got serious issues Ones that I would properly like to explore I don't think this shows the the platform for them But I think he's got genuine addiction to that sort of stuff Buying golf shoes The Amelda Marcos of golf I don't know what that is You must know Amelda Marcos No No. You're you're, you're with young men tonight (laughs) Forget Gordon DL You gonna enlighten me? Amelda Marcos was the first lady of the Philippines Who was known for She had the biggest shoe collection collection in the world Noted I will I'll repeat that Every day is a school day I'll pass it off as my own at some point in the future 01419511 1025 Pick up the phone Let us know what's on your mind Tonight Let's hear a bit more From Giovanni Van Bronckhurst On that win Against Aberdeen At the weekend He praised the second half Performance in particular Yeah I was was happy That we we scored The the goal A very important goal To to give us the three points You know We've had those uh, games lately Where we uh, were pushing For the winning goal Create a lot of chances And in the end uh, Didn't convert them Into goals And today uh, You know For us uh, we did, so I uh, was very pleased with, uh, with the second half today. Uh, Martin is a Rangers fan from Motherwell. Did that feel like an important win at the weekend, Martin? Oh, definitely. Um, I think sometimes, well, I heard one of the previous callers talking about Aberdeen raising their game. You've got to accept this is going to happen. It's, it's happened ever since the Neil Simpson and Ian Durant incident. There's a great deal of rivalry there, so every year, this is going to happen So I don't know why people act surprised As if it's all of a sudden Aberdeen are just starting to play a wee bit better It's not just They're playing better I would put it down to the passion And the rivalry that's involved in the fixture Yeah I mean I think it's Roger it maybe sticks out More in seasons when Aberdeen aren't Doing very well Because you know They're 10th So the, the The amount you need to raise your game by Goes up if you're having a poor season Yeah of course it does And as Larry said They are having a poor season Even you know by their standards They look as if they're finishing the bottom six Which is not what Dave Cormack was looking for When he 
he started that new brave new dawn under Stephen Glass and Alan Russell and Scott Brown at the start of the season. Um, so it, it's been poor from them. And Aberdeen, you're right. Aberdeen Rangers is one of those fixtures that just seems to excite. Andy will probably say Hearts Celtic is one as well. Or, you know, regardless how Hearts are doing in the league, always just seems to have a little bit of something extra to it. Aberdeen Rangers is the same. It's been proven. Even with a poor Aberdeen side this season, they've come, they've got a 2 2 at Ibrox, a 1 1 at Petaudry. Came out with a very late goal for a 1 0 there at the weekend. And as one of the first callers tonight said, as a Rangers fan, he's quite happy. They won't have to face Aberdeen again. Martin, what was the roller coaster like then? Were you fearing the worst at any stage? Was there a confidence the goal would come? The manager, we heard from him earlier on talking about the unpopular substitution at the time, but then it worked out in the end, of course. Aye, well, it's a gamble you take, isn't it? Um, the same thing, you could have kept Morelos on and he could have scored two late goals. You never you never know what's going to happen. Um, I've just been a bit concerned lately that the results haven't always been great, but they've grinded out some wins. But at the same time, I know they've lost quite a lot of points. So it's the time of the season, like, like you've been saying on the show, it's the time of the season where absolutely everything is going to be analysed. And it's no. Sometimes it's not going to be easy when you're sitting there watching it. Yeah, I think the Rangers fans, Roger, it's it's because of this. Well, it's always a roller coaster anyway. But particularly since Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has has come in, that the, the highs of Europe, the, the the wonderful performances, good moments in the league as well. There's a lot to feel good about. But then you can totally understand those who would say, "Well, the, but we're not happy with the swing. We're not happy with the fact that we were the ones in the driving seat, and now we're not." Yeah, and they're not happy with the fact that Celtic keep winning. That is the the key to it all. You know, if Celtic were stumbling along and they were three or four points behind, then the Rangers fans would feel a whole lot better about themselves. But it's been uh, since the new year again inconsistency from Rangers. You know, they drop points at Tannadice, they drop points at Petardry, they drop points in Dingwall, they drop points at home to Motherwell a week past yesterday from a winning position, Gordon. So th- that has frustrated the Rangers support. And a big week coming up to even just park the Premiership for a moment. A big, big week. Red Star Belgrade coming into town on Thursday night. And then a Scottish Cup quarter final at Danes on Sunday, 90 minutes away from a Hamden semi final. Yeah, which is which is also really important because, you know, I've done many of shows over the last couple of years talking about Rangers' domestic cup record. And uh, I'm pretty sure that Rangers and the and their fans are what to get back to cup successes, uh, especially after winning the league title last year. So it's a massive week for Rangers. You know, Red Star on Thursday. I don't. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. I don't think they can fear anyone in the competition now after the last couple of performances against Dortmund. But they'll certainly need to give more than they did on Saturday against Aberdeen. What else is on your mind, Martin, as a Rangers fan? Well, it's not just Rangers. I'm also a Crystal Palace fan. So um, one of my things I've been thinking today, I read them on one of the, um, it's a social media excerpt from one of the tabloids, mm-hmm. and it said that Gerard is still in contact with Morelos, and he's wishing him well when he's scoring goals and all this, and during his exploits in Europe. So it got me thinking, obviously Palace bought Edward for £18.5 million last season. Is it now time to accept that Morelos could possibly be leaving, or is it even the time for him to leave? Because with what he's doing in Europe, his stock is high just now. So if Aston Villa came in with twenty million, as a Rangers fan, I don't want to see him going. But twenty million, we need that. Roger, um, well, having watched Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins 
Batter Southampton 4-0 at the weekend Unless your centre forwards At the top of Stephen Gerrard's list of priorities For Aston Villa at the minute It seems reasonably well served In that department Widen it out though I mean Morelos is, Has scored over 30 goals In the Europa League um, He is again Rangers top scorer He was excellent in Two games against Borussia Dortmund And if people Don't rate him for scoring goals Against the St Mirren's and the Motherwell's and the Livingston's of this world Then they will rate the way he scores goals in European competition The way he played against Dortmund So even if it's not an Aston Villa that comes calling for him in the summer I think there will be interest in Alfredo Morelos this summer Perhaps from the continent And this is where the Rangers player trading model that they talk about This is where this comes into focus again Nathan Patterson went in January I notice he's not even in the Everton squad again tonight uh, somebody I think will be sold in the summer On Rangers terms Because they don't necessarily need to sell But they're wanting to build up this player trading model I think one will be sold be interesting to see if it is Morelos Where is he at at the moment Andy? I've never known I don't think or There, there are not many players who get the spotlight on him as much as he does And that's from his own fans Opposition fans, media, everyone Because it's it's he's always involved in one way or another So mm-hmm. that way if he's if he's Playing brilliant People are praising him The bar's high So even if he dips slightly There's criticism that comes There's always speculation Where is his form just now? Since Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has came in I think he's been Rangers' best player Uh, I think he takes Saturday out of the equation I think he's been excellent since he came in I think the change of shape The change of style I don't think it's benefited anybody more than than Alfredo Morelos But I think quite often we've said this Over the last couple of years I think with the you know, you really take notice his performances have been in Europe. You know, you take that Dortmund one for example. He's playing against a, you know, a, a World Cup winner and and Mats Hummel at the back and, and bullies him for 180 minutes. Uh, and you know, if it is Steven Gerrard or as uh, Aston Villa, I would like to see some of the old interviews dug up a, a Steven Gerrard evaluating Alfredo Morelos when he was his player. And I do believe if Alfredo Morelos to, is to leave Rangers in in the summer, I do think it'll be for a hefty fee. Uh, that being said, I would love to see the WhatsApps exchange for the two of them after he scores goals because I'm pretty sure Google Translate will be heavily involved. <laughs> I'd be interested to be, I don't know, flying the wall works. I think I don't know if there's a virtual uh, equivalent of that. Um, Martin, how do you feel now, eight games to go then? We keep saying it, business end of the season, no doubt about it. Where are your confidence levels that your team go on and win this league? It's a bit hard to tell. I would say it's, it's a toss of a coin. It's that close um, Listening to the show tonight Some people are saying Celtic shouldn't have got the two against Livingston But they did And that's that's a matter of fact They did So they got the points Rangers get a late winner And I don't think that's the end of it Next week Rangers and Celtic could go and win 3, 4, 5, nothing But the week after One of them could drop points again It's that close There just doesn't seem To be any clear cut indication Of who's going to take it Going to be an interesting running That is for sure Well let's get a Celtic Take on that James is a Celtic fan From Ibrooks Of all places James What's on your mind After the weekend Just the weekend I just think uh, there's, a, there's a lot to think about Because A range of support Said about the UEFA Cup In 2003 Celtic lost The league They go to the final In 2008 Walter Smith Got to the final And lost the league And I just think it puts too much pressure on your players. So you think Celtic, you're a Celtic fan, you think your chances of winning the league are boosted because Rangers are still in Europe? Yes. I've certainly heard that school of thought, Roger. Yeah. Is it one you buy into? Yeah, or yeah you I, do? Would, I would agree with that. Well, just look this week. Celtic will, they're playing the D United next Monday night. 
So they have eight days to do whatever Resting, recuperation, training Anything they like To get ready for that game But before Celtic kick another ball Rangers have got two games In two different competitions Red Star and then Dundee Then after Celtic will be the Tanner Rangers are in Serbia For the second leg of Red Star So they'll play three games To Celtic's one Before the race for the title Is back on um, so it's bound to help Celtic in terms of the rest and the recuperation that they need at this time of the season. Rest and recuperation, couldn't argue with that, Andy. Um, but what about feel good factor and momentum and confidence and stuff like that? Can that be? Uh, well, you can it work in your favour. You could argue it could work in your favour, but it didn't after Dortmund. Yeah. You know, Rangers then lose uh, drop points. Sorry, against Motherwell a couple of days later. Listen, I do think it does give Celtic a slight advantage, but you know that's the reason Rangers players. And Rangers squad is involved with 26 and 27 first team players and you know outside the old firm no other Scottish teams you know got the got the availability of that luxury so it, it certainly can't be used as an excuse moving forward and uh, you know I think that Rangers will, will fully have their focus on, on the tie on Thursday and they want to advance further but yeah I, I can see the point that you know, Celtic can have a, a mental advantage in terms of, of fatigue James did it f- did you have yesterday down as somewhere Celtic might drop points was that a fixture that worried you? And if so, how important was it to come through it? I thought that was a seat of intent. Do you know what I mean? You'd be actually won that. I thought it was a seat of intent. Yeah, listen, it was a big win. There's no doubt about it. We spoke in the show at the tail end of last week that this was going to be a big fixture for Celtic just because of the record they had at the Tony Macaroni. They didn't seem to like going and playing on that surface, hadn't scored a goal against Livingston this season. So to go there and... Three 0 up and of the game away after whatever it was fifty or fifty five minutes, that was a good performance. And Postecoglou said it himself. They did perform well, and it will give them more confidence that they can see this out. There's a lot of players in that Celtic team. I built the Rangers twelve months ago. You know, the people spoke guys in that Rangers team hadn't been coursing this and hadn't won the league, but they went and they won the league. A lot of players in that Celtic squad haven't won a league. So there's bound to be you know, anxieties, nerves there But as they tick every game off They'll feel more confidence and the belief will grow Thanks James, 01419511025 What else is out there? There were a lot of angry Motherwell fans Getting in touch on Saturday I wonder if you've calmed down Or if you're still frustrated At what's going on in your team at the moment Anyone else out there? Let us know what is on your mind 01419511025 Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here. It's 0141-951-1025. It's Twitter as well, at Clyde SSB. So get your calls, your tweets, anything else over to us uh, and let the guys know what's on your mind. You've got another, where are we? 40 minutes or so, 35 minutes, half an hour. Uh, so plenty of time Do you know what This is an easy teaser tonight It really is And I, I I wish I'd got something A bit more difficult For two learned gentlemen Like you Two statos Two anoraks Two sad cases Who need to get out more um, But this is This is what you've got tonight I think you'll squish it So maybe an extra challenge Let's see if you can do it Without getting any wrong That might and That might tighten it up A wee bit So Dale Handley Sent one in tonight And he wants you to name The 11 players Who've got more than 110 English Premier League goals For a single club So can you name 
The 11 players who've got more than 110 English Premier League goals But for one single club Sergio Aguero Yes Can it, So just to clarify Because you said that you can't get any wrong They could still have scored Premier League goals for other clubs But they have to have scored 110 for one Correct right, okay. You've so, got it right, oh, So Alan Shearer scored more than 110 for Newcastle And Blackburn I think Yeah well done Think carefully remember No no lives lost on this one That's the challenge for you two Thierry Henry Yeah Yes okay we'll leave it there You can play along at home I'm sure loads of you will be able to th- throw some guesses in at that one A very doable question And just like Dale tonight We thank Dale for his question If you want to hear yours used on the show It's full time at Clyde1.com That's full time at Clyde1.com You want five minutes to talk about your team I, I try and sort of keep you away from it as possible you're, you're biased But third place is done isn't it Only you no. could chuck it away from no, here No absolutely not No, Long way to go Long way to go But Saturday I actually wish Callum the producer was in So I'd love to hear his take for the game at the weekend But yeah It was a good game It was a good game for the neutral I thought that uh, I thought we were excellent in the first half uh, And like we touched on at the, the top of the show I think the the injuries in the first half probably affected our flow and uh, mm. at the second half Dundee United made it a little bit more difficult for us but a little bit more direct managed to get a, a couple of goals which in all fairness we, we know we should we should and probably should have um, defended better but I think for the last half an hour you know, we came in uh, back into the game really well and, and thoroughly deserved the point uh, we went there to win the game but I think you know going into that week we had three games that were sitting in our way Dundee United away and obviously Aberdeen at home so well, if I think I'm being honest, I think we'd have took seven points at the start of that week. You can oh. just imagine that the Hearts um, media staff, Robbie Neal, Andy, make sure you say there's a long way to go. Make sure you you say that we're not, re- you know, we've not secured third yet. You can say it. Yeah, if they don't secure third this season, they'll have that playing out again with the Robbie Nielsen banner towed behind it. <laughs> stick ha- can we arrange to stick Halliday's name on I, it as well? I will, chip in I, for that. I, I will. If they don't finish third, I'll happily chip in and add Andy Halliday's name to it. No problem at all. The and bigger one. Remember the bigger one. The... If he, he can't see it either. Is this Saturday night live in the telly, mm. Scottish Cup quarter final at home to a St Mirren team they've just beaten with a Hamden semi final at stake? This is the real deal. I've also discovered how we can crank it up a notch and make it all about us. Remember, we made Gordon Dale skydive for Cash for Kids. I, I do. So we could put him in the plane with that skin tight suit on again that he had, the goggles. I tell you it, what, even I'll chip in for that. That was before I, your I, time on the I, show. Can I just. It was spectacular. Oh, oh, I'd love to have seen that. Absolutely terrified. I'll, I did it as well, but I don't mind stuff like that. He was a wreck. Having seen it, it'll be easier to get BA Baracus in the, in the, in the plane <laughs> than it would be to get Gordon DL back on the and plane. The thing is, we actually did it on air. They had The listeners had to vote between Mark D, uh, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL who they wanted to chuck out the plane, essentially. I could have uh, told you the results of that well, it was, vote. It was before it even went out. Anyway, there's a long way to go. Hearts need to chuck third and then we'll worry about that and it doesn't look like happening. Uh, any Motherwell fans out there, the reason I ask, apart from my own personal feelings, is you were all queuing up on Saturday night to have a real pop. There was some real anger out there on the phones on, on Saturday evening. Maybe you've calmed down, maybe you feel even more frustrated at the way the results have been. So let us know right now, 01419511025. And we'll hear a bit from the manager, Graham Alexander, to whet your appetite. If that helps, he thinks the lack of points in recent weeks has been a, a missed opportunity. However, he's confident we've got the right characters to get out of it. The last two games have been a big disappointment for us because we, you know, we got into this last spell of five games um, after the Rangers game that we felt we could pick up um, some big points, uh, which we knew would 
um, puts in a really good position in the league um, and we've sort of wasted that opportunity I feel um, but amazing enough that opportunity is still there for us because of results elsewhere and um, and that's what we've got to focus on it's um, you know I think you go for a career and uh, this isn't my first rough patch it won't be my last it won't be any of my players last rough patch so you have to find the, the answers to come through it we will because we've got good players good characters but they're having a difficult moment where we have to help them and that's what we'll do only one point off fourth Roger Hanna sounds great Five points from a last possible 30 Not so great No it's not so great And he was I spoke to him after the game On Saturday at Fir Park And as you can detect there Exasperated Just about sums it up I think he was exasperated At the way They allowed Dundee To take the early lead When Paul McMullen scored that goal He was exasperated That they couldn't really You know having got The, the quick fire equaliser That they couldn't build on that at all and just exasperated, I think, with the second half performance. It just didn't quite do enough for me, you know, to, to make young Harrison sharp in the Dundee goal, you know, to, to put him under siege at any stage. And it's incredible to think that, you know, that Motherwell team that were doing so well for, you know, more than half the season haven't won a game in the league since Boxing mm. Day. That, that is, that's a concern. The only encouragement he could take, and he said it himself, their destiny is still in their own hands, both in the league. And in the Scottish Cup You'll still have been in your ice bath Or whatever you do at full time Andy We had a couple of really uh, Frustrated Motherwell fans on uh, I think Stephen Was one of them It was a real Frustration Coming out of the, the fans Particularly on Not just the weekend But like I said That run Five points out of a possible 30 Yeah it's a poor run um, I mean you would fancy Motherwell at home to Dundee uh, 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 At the best of, sides, uh, best of times Sorry but we, we Dundee Very very depleted um, it was a real shock to see Motherwell not get the first one this year, and um, you know, like Graham Alexander said at the at the, at the at the end of the game, they're running out of time. I think there's only three games left. Yeah, they're only a point off fourth, but certainly don't have form on their side, and uh, they've got a couple of massive league fixtures up uh, up and coming, especially after the the Hibs game in the Scottish Cup. The theme has been Roger. In fact, Alec, the Motherwell fan, we were just about to get him on. I think he's disappeared. I don't know if there's a a problem. Alec, give us a call back uh, if you fancy it. Um, the, the general feeling was about you know never never a settled team, and the stats totally backed that up. That's not just a, a feeling that we get. We counted at the weekend. I think twenty seven players used by Graham Alexander this season. He's kept an unchanged team once, I think, in the league, maybe twice. So there's and particularly the, the midfielders, they, they play with that sort of three, narrow three in the middle. He's got about nine of them to, to choose from, and it, it tends to be any any three of of nine. Yeah, and to be fair, you made you made that point to me before kick off on Saturday at Fur Park when he shuffled the side round again. Um, he does seem to be a manager who believes in the squad, believes in rotation, doesn't necessarily believe in you know he's, he's got eleven players who are markedly better than the others. The thing that surprised me, Gordon, was you spoke about Giovanni van Bronckhorst substitutions at Ibrox a week past yesterday. Graham Alexander made. Two substitutions at half time And In fact I think he made three substitutions at half time And on came the likes of Jordan Roberts Who scored a goal Justin Amalazar Who, who did, did well when he came on uh, Liam Shaw on loan from Celtic Who was involved in the, in the build up to the second goal And you thought Yep they, they look really good in the second half And since then None of the three lads Have started the game And I think you know Roberts only got a few minutes At the end of the Ross County game Last midweek So you, you wonder what those players think Having Come on at Ibrox Turned the game back in Motherwell's favour 
And they can't get anyone on the other team again so, Maybe 5 from 30 is It's not similar to, to others Andy But that, that portion of the league it's, it's just been a bit like that That's what allows you to be on such a poor run But yet be in touch with 4th That's what's, yeah. what's crazy about it And you only have to look then at the flip side of that Ross County, 3 wins in a row 1 point or 4, sitting there in the top 6 That is going to be some fight for the, the last remaining Top six places. Yeah, that was going to be my point. Since the since the winter break, it's only it's only Livingston and Ross County that have put on, you know, better. Uh, sorry, they're third and fourth in the in the form table out with the old firm since the winter break, and that's the reason the the ball firm have made that that late push up the table. And you're know, referencing Motherwell, obviously only getting five points to the last possible thirty. You've got to see how much is uh, how much is that down to losing Tony Watt in January as well, because he was obviously a huge part of the their source of goals at the start of the season you know Van Veen for me he's actually one that's really impressed me having played against him three times this year but you know in terms of a goal score he's played, he's played off the left quite a uh, quite a lot under under Motherwell this year as well and out with him the, the source of goals just aren't coming enough for other places Cup is a wonderful thing Roger Hanna it gives you either a nice break from the league if things aren't going well also gives fans a stick to beat you with if, if it doesn't go well then in the Cup so Motherwell at home to Hibs if you then go out of the cup on the back of that league form, it, it seems worse. It feels worse, and the yeah. criticism on Graham Alexander would be ramped up. And That's the way it works, well, isn't it? Listen, the criticism on many a manager will be ramped up. We spoke about Andy's game on Saturday night, Hearts against St Mirren. Stephen Robinson still hasn't got a win as St Mirren manager. Robbie Nielsen, you know what that home crowd's like at Tynecastle. If things don't go well, they'll forget the fact they're thirteen points clear in third place. If things aren't going well on Saturday night, they'll let him know. And the Motherwell Hibs game. You know, no wins in the league since Boxing Day for Motherwell. The supporters are exasperated. Graham Alexander's exasperated. Be touching it as well. Sean Maloney, 3 0 nil draws. Mm. Uh, he's lost Martin Boyle over to Saudi Arabia. He's lost Kevin Nisbet to that nasty knee injury. If he was to go out the cup at the weekend as well, the Hibernian fans wouldn't take it well. Were you taken aback by the reaction of, of the Motherwell fans you were there? Or is, is that just perfectly in, in line with? With what you would expect Given that run of form um, I think Their belief was They would come out Of that winless run At the weekend You, you know You turn up You see the team sheet yeah. You see Dundee Without 8 or 9 Key players um, As well as all the ones Out because of the Covid protocols Injuries to Charlie Adam Niall McGinn Adam Legsons Three of their More crucial Experienced players So I think there was An expectation there Among Motherwell fans They would go and win the game And Normal service Would be resumed and when that didn't happen, you know they turn, they can turn quickly. Can I know that, that, sorry, I know there's not a lot of confidence and in, in facts to base it on to, uh, going off their, their form this year. But you know they've got St Johnson away, St Mirren at home, and Livingston away in the last three mm. games. So they still have a big opportunity, but they certainly need to turn that round pretty pretty quick because there's only three games left. Yeah, that, that I suppose is that what Graham Alexander means though by missed opportunity because the the downside of that is Dundee at home, Ross County at home. You know that those are yeah. the two games and. In the last What was it Few days And only one point from them Yeah And and that goes hand in hand With what Rogers just says there Because I'm pretty sure The Motherwell fans Turning up on Saturday Thought that was going to be The winless run Overturned with the game Against Dundee at home So But You know Positivity Gordon I know you're You're looking pretty down As you're, you're talking about Your beloved Motherwell just now So Still hope yet I wonder what it is That's made, making you look down Tonight you seem, you seem tired You don't seem yourself I wouldn't like to speculate It's because I played golf For the first time in, in, in two and a half years On Sunday And you know, I don't like losing and was this I a, tell you I tell you right now it's probably the worst eighteen holes of golf anyone's it? ever seen. Was this a team bonding yeah, thing? Yeah, team or? bonding session on Sunday. Uh, the we the Sharks and the Hearts squad. 
Craig Halkett's got a two handicap, so he's oh, pretty good. good yeah, he's pretty good. But he's not, I wouldn't say it's a, he's a shark. He, he actually has a handicap as well. But no, big Ross Stewart handicap sixteen. I'm not too sure. You think he's he is pretty he at good, it? He's pretty good. Right, okay. Oh uh, one four one nine five one one zero two five on this teaser quickly. Then before we take more calls, can you name? And we're going to see if we can do it perfectly without getting any wrong. Just to add a bit to the question from Dale tonight, can you name eleven players who've got? Oh, more than 110 English Premier League goals for one club So you've got Shearer, Aguero, Henri Right, well I think Roger we need to be Get the, get the certs at the road And then because we've got this extra incentive And not getting any wrong We might need to discuss a couple So I'll start with Stephen Gerrard Yes Roger How about Ian Wright? Oh, I don't know I don't know about it Your partner doesn't think you've done it I hope he has No Oh no <laughs> You're kidding me on ah, I wasn't sure then. Halliday's part gutted Part delighted It makes him look like it The does. smartest statue. Uh, he's not quite got Over 110 He's got like Not not far off that I think over 100 But not over 110 I thought he'd over like 227 Arsenal goals 104 in the English Premier League For Arsenal It's <sighs> devastating really isn't it Terrible. Wayne Rooney Yes, Rooney for Man U Alright, I'll give you some more thinking time We'll get the rest of the answers And more of your calls next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We put a bit of challenge out to Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna They are the status of the Clyde One Super Scoreboard team So we thought we would see if they could not only get the answers to this teaser uh, But do it without getting any Wrong Dale sent it in to full time at Clyde1.com And I'm afraid to say Roger Hanna fell <laughs> at one of, the, one of the first hurdles But you're still doing well You're still going to be on track to get the answers right I'm sure Can you name 11 players who've got more than 110 English Premier League goals But for one team So Aguero, Shearer, Henri, Gerard and Rooney so far Frank Lampard Frank Lampard is where is he? That's yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I was wondering there. Yes, Lampard. Well done. I'm bringing it up to date. We think Jamie Vardy. You think correctly. Well it's done, Jamie show. Vardy. So it's one, two, show, three, that. four, five, six, seven down, and four to go. Um, understandably, Roger, geography plays a part here. This is Glasgow in the West, and never going to get the, the the praise they deserve. Perhaps so I feel like we have to give Ross County. A bit more of a mention Relegation Battling a couple of weeks ago Now it could be Europe Let's be honest That's the way the league Has been this season Yeah And a, a lot of it We always say In that middle segment Andy touched it a minute ago Motherwell haven't won a game Since Tony Watt left I always think If you can get a guy At that level In the middle of the league Who can score you A dozen or fifteen goals That that could make the difference In your season And Regan Charles Cook Has done that For Ross County this season Joseph Hungbo Has weighed in with a couple as well um, in, in recent weeks And that has made the difference And I think Malcolm McKay is doing a very very good job Sort of under the radar up there in Dingwall If they could do a double of Top 6 Or even European football plus Top scorer in the division Andy I don't think anyone Anyone in their wildest dreams would have imagined that At the start of the season No, I even remember back in September It was sort of that bottom three of Ross County St Johnston, Dundee And it always Field as if they're, they're starting to get a wee bit of a cushion there and, and other teams starting to pull away But the, the run they've been on has been incredible And yeah, like you mentioned Reagan Charles could to be top goal scorer at this point in the season you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll have plenty of suitors come the summer Penalties don't get much better than that, do they? From Hungbo? 
Oh, yep. That's that's uh, an unsavable kind. I, I was going to ask Craig. Couldn't have got got that one. Under. That's, that is that is officially unsavable? Because those word that word gets bandied about, but it must be. You can't stop that, can you? Barring Offic- officially unsavable. Officially unsavable. Good wolf. Uh, we've, we've managed to nail that one down uh, Don't forget you can get in touch on the phones 01419511025 We've got David Who's a Rangers fan on the line What's on your mind this evening David? Hi panel uh, First time caller so it's uh, good to be on Good to have you uh, What made you call? Well, well I think uh, the big story Obviously the last few days Was the Australia gate You know both sets of fans We shouldn't be playing them over there That They're using our name All this nonsense But I think the, the biggest thing about that whole situation is the fact that our game is so undersold in this country. And I think that's the biggest story. I mean, you've got the Sydney local government can pay, as James Bisgrove said, that more money to Rangers than the SPFL gives you for an entire season. And I think that's an absolute disgrace for to fly to Australia, pay, play a few friendly games, and get paid more than... An entire season's SPFL money is an absolute disgrace. I think our game has been so undersold in this country and it's been run by absolute charlatans. And I just want to see what the panel's thoughts were on that. Just be a little bit careful with that last word. Well, it's a, it's this, a bit naughty, but this um, allegation gets bandied around every season. And David is not alone. Look at the Dave Cormack up at Aberdeen, who I think commissioned along with some other clubs this Deloitte report. Where is that? And, well, where is that indeed, Gordon? Because it seems to be taking an awful long time to come out with any firm decisions. You would think that if Deloitte had come to the conclusion that as Dave Cormack believes and David DeConnor believes that the people at the SPFL aren't doing a terrifically good job in, in selling our game, you would think if they'd come to that conclusion, they'd be rushing the conclusion out to the general public. Because the, na- the nature of launching a, a study like that without being too cynical is that that's kind of what it's going to be designed to find, isn't it? No, no one's launched a, a study to come back and say, by the way, the SPFL are doing great, carry on as you were. That, that's, well, that's 100%. 100% if, if Dave Cormack and, and the other clubs are picking up the tab, the, you would think the good people of Deloitte will be doing everything they can to come to the conclusion that Dave Cormack wants them to come to. However, they'll do it professionally, they'll do it correctly. And if they discover that, Actually, we're getting about as much out of the game as we can get out of the game Then that would be a very interesting conclusion in my eyes And David, your response I'm sure would be along the lines of How can that be the case if Sydney can fork up the same amount for a friendly tournament as a full season? Well, that's exa- I think that's exactly the point I mean, uh, as well, is it not cinched that sponsors is it the, the women's football game in England? I think they're became the new sponsors for it and all respect to women's football it's grown, it's grown in popularity and it's becoming very good but I think the women's EFL or EPL whatever it was got so much more than what the Scottish football did out there since still and as I say it's just I think the fact that Sydney local government can pay Rangers and Celtic more money than what they get from an entire SPL, SPFL season sorry to go over and play a couple of friendly games is just that's the biggest story. Not whether we should go over there or whether we should play each other or use this name, that name. These clubs should be absolutely outraged that they can fly halfway around the world, play a couple of friendly games, and get more money in their back pocket than their own government body gives them for the whole season. It's just, it's, I think it's it's bonkers. certainly part of it, Roger. Whether it's the biggest story, David might have a job on convincing some of his own his fellow fans that that's the, the biggest thing. It, that doesn't mean it's not important. Don't get me wrong. I'm being slightly. 
uh, tongue in cheek, but but there's there's probably a reason that other people have the the sort of arguing about it on their mind rather than that subplot, if you like, that David's identified. Yeah, I I, I don't think many people are in favour of it. I don't see the problem. I said in the show on Saturday, I so really don't let see. Me, sorry, let me put that back to David. David, given this financial picture that you're you're pointing out, th- does that mean you are in favour of it? Just by the by. Oh, are you going to get me in trouble, Gordon, I think, here? Uh, <laughs> to be fair, lots of callers have come on and said they are in favour of it. Twitter not quite so generous about the idea. Uh, I, I'm I, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I think, if, from a financial point of view, if you can go over there and get more than you get for the entire season, any board or any fan that's going to see that mm-hmm. get going onto the pitch, you would have a hard time, really, of saying that you don't want it, but... Obviously, you've just got the whole the other, the other thing. Maybe something would be all of Celtic's resp- uh, correspondence name name is as the old firm and stuff like that. <laughs> maybe that would uh, maybe that would soften the blow to some Rangers fans. Yeah, well, I've seen that. Yeah, the Celtic side of it as well. You're right, saying we're not one half of anything. But now you, that was the, the nature of that banner, wasn't it? Um, Andy, in favour of it? <laughs> no, no, not in the slightest. I Why? don't think. I don't think the word friendly is a. Uh, Quite goes hand in hand with the old firm. Uh, for me, regardless of the fee that's involved, you know, alienating ninety nine percent of your support can't be seen as a, a sound commercial decision. So, you know, Rangers and the and the board will do well to realise that the biggest, you know, benefit. Uh, sorry, the biggest financial benefit to Rangers is their supporters, and you know, I think they've they've made their, their displeasure heard, um, and I don't think that will be the last of it from now in uh, in the coming weeks. No, you don't think. This will be no, forgotten, no. it'll die down, nothing no, like that. No, definitely not, definitely not. In what way then? I mean, it's a, you think there's a, a genuine chance that the Rangers fans push enough and then the club don't go? I don't know, it's just, uh, I think they've, they've already made their displeasure heard. Uh, I think they'll continue to do that. How they do that, I'm not too sure, but yeah, I, for me, I, I've said it time and time again, you know, for them it's the biggest spectacle we've got in Scottish football. Uh, the reason for that is for the passion and the rivalry. I don't think anyone would change that for the world. Of course, we want to, you know, improve on some silly things that happen with, within that. But yeah, you know, friendlies. I, I can already see the half and half scarce and the half and half tops, and it doesn't doesn't sit well with me, Roger. I, just, I think the clubs are going there with the best of intentions because it is reasonably lucrative for them. Um, Mark Wilson said in the show on Saturday, his fear. He used the word fear. Would be that if this is deemed a success, then it happens two or three times a year, and it goes to New York or it goes wherever. I don't see why that would be anybody's fear. You know, we talk about we don't sell our game very well. This is an ideal opportunity to sell the game, send the two biggest sides around the world, and and try and showcase it, try and get more interest in Scottish football. You you might find this sparks more broadcasting deals from overseas, more commercial activity within the league. It might have a a, you know, a, a kickback for the other clubs in the league. You never know. This time next year, maybe Hearts and Hibs could go to Sydney. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. But I, well, listen, I agree. But obviously, bringing the financial benefit to the football club. But if your support are that adamant that they don't want it to happen, surely as a football club, you realise it's not the way to go. Yeah, I mean that. Listen, it's a per- perfectly valid argument. Chris Boyd made it in my newspaper, the Scottish Sun, at the weekend that, that you know you shouldn't be alienating your support when you make decisions like that because that's the support you need to go back to when you're selling the new replica kit and the, all the anniversary merchandise mm-hmm. and things like that. Well, I don't think we've heard the end of it. That's for sure. Thank you, David. It was nice to hear from you for the first time. Will you give us a call back another time? Oh, definitely. I'll get Good man. Thanks, David. Pleasure to have you. Right, you've got not long left. 
uh, on this teaser We're looking for a few more Who've scored more than 110 English Premier League goals But for one club You've got Aguero, Shearer, Henri, Gerard Rooney Lampard and Vardy How many have we got to go for? Four Yep Harry Kane's got to be one Roger Yes, well done Well done No Oh, don't like your silence I'll see I've got a couple but I'm afraid to Hurry up, quick, quick, quick. Ah, it's a good shout Robbie Fowler Yes Yep Two more Ryan Giggs of Scottish Club on the 110 No He's just He's like just <sighs> under Wow What about the, the Egyptian king Mo Salah Yes Oh He's got a pressure on So there's only one left One left He came up with a shout earlier Roger that oh, We're going back and forth About going Andy Cole No ah, He's just played with 300 clubs So DDA Drogba Nope He's just, Van Persie just, No, 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 no. Van Nistelrooy Liverpool Michael Owen Yes Michael Owen Well done Thank you Andy Halliday And Roger Hanna It was good to have you both Thank you for all your calls That was really busy Lots of you getting in touch out there As always uh, Which we do appreciate We are back tomorrow at 6 So Hugh Keevans And Roger Hanna Have done a swap deal Hugh Keevans is on tomorrow Alongside Gordon DL And Callum Gallagher is up next <laughs>